Welcome to Rooted in Logos. I'm Brad. Does <laughs> Brad still have voice cracks? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's early, uh, Carter. It's early. Yeah. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> well, welcome back to the Rooted in Logos podcast. My name is Brad. I'm joined, as always, by Austin and Carter. But we have a fourth person today. What's up? It's Isaac. Say hi, Isaac. Hey. <laughs> I'm Isaac. <laughs> Isaac is one of our worship leaders and uh, at our church, and so we decided, as we take a break from Romans, to jump into a little deeper dive into music and worship music, and specifically. So we're going to do a couple episodes this week on the theology of the music we are singing in churches. Um, mm. On Thursday, we will discuss specific songs, songs that we like, songs that we think are okay, kind of so-so. And songs that we think are just Garbage. terrible. Um, Which we never do at our church, so... Ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you're going to find those songs. Right, yeah. <laughs> Actually, well, we'll get into this later. That, that was actually kind of hard. It was really hard for to, me. To find one that was just bad. I didn't. Yeah. You didn't find one? Wow. I didn't. I, I found a bunch that, like, a couple, you know, lyrics here and there, yeah. but yeah, I didn't really find any that I'm like, you know what? No, this is completely garbage. Yeah. So, which was a good thing, I guess, right? Yeah. I So... Yeah, I kind of cheated with that one, but oh, yeah. we'll figure that out on Thursday. Yeah, we'll yeah, figure that out on Thursday. <laughs> so, Later but on. for for today, we are going to discuss uh, the importance of good theology and music, Isaac's criteria for picking songs, yeah, um, <laughs> and kind of his philosophy and his what he what he looks for when he's picking a new song to to introduce to our church, and just a general discussion on. Wow! What just happened? Wow! I'm getting a I'm getting a phone call from Los Angeles, California. You need to answer that. Uh, do I though? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and yeah, it's pretty put important. it on speaker on the mic. <laughs> All right, what's Hello, we're calling about your extended warranty. We get those at my job. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> on the landline. It's weird. So anyway, uh, that's what today's gonna be. We're just gonna talk about. Music and just have a general discussion on what we like, what we don't like. It's going to be a heavy opinion episode, I think. Actually, the next two mm. probably are. Yeah. And uh, so if you don't agree with us, tell us or get over it. One or the other. Wow. I'm okay with either one. Definitely. Uh, <clears throat> let's rephrase that. <laughs> Leave us a comment. Let us no. know what you think. They yeah. Gonna They're not going to comment. See, that's the thing. I can say literally anything I want and just no one's going to comment on anything. Ask it, please. <sighs> so, fun little story. I... Not too long ago, recorded or said from the from the stage, or recited a verse out of I think Malachi, um, might be Micah. I don't know. I get the M's confused, <laughs> but anyway, um, I said it, it was a verse saying like, "Could someone just shut the doors of the temple? Because I'm tired of your all's noise all the time." Um, and I tried to make the point like, worship isn't about you, and I. I was trying to be funny about it, try to make that point, try to be, you know, somewhat reverent and get us back into worship. And after that service, the first thing uh, someone said to me is like, so you just don't care what we think at all. I was like, yeah, that's pretty much right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, don't. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I care what God thinks. I'm sorry. So I don't know what Not you said sorry. to remind me of that. But. <laughs> well, no, I, I say all that tongue in cheek, of course. If We love feedback. We don't get a lot of it, but we love it. So give mm. us any, any feedback you want. I, I know mm. our... Salvation episode of a few months back, we got actually we got some feedback, got a lot of feedback cool. on that one. So, and I have a just a sneaking suspicion that our next couple in Romans might generate some some feedback, but uh, we'll dive into that later. But so yeah, give us some feedback. We'll, we'll love to. <laughs> so um, I read a story this week. Want to mention it here because we do that every now and then, and uh, get your all's take on it. Did you guys see the story out of Hazard, Kentucky oh, this gosh. week? Is that which the school? One? This is the school. Yeah. Uh, not which. It's Wish the only I one in Hazard. But there's a few other ones. But so they had this man pageant yeah. in Hazard, Kentucky, at, at a high school, um, that led to and ended with male students dressed in drag, basically um, giving lap dances to the teachers and the principal, who, by the way, happens to be the mayor of Hazard, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I've wanted to use this just as another uh, reason to say, get your kids out of government schools now. Yeah, if you can. <laughs> It's only getting worse, and in that, and that's like a rural eastern conserv eastern Kentucky conservative, very blue collar mm. place. Yeah, and, you expect that to come out of like California somewhere, right? And not only California, they would New celebrate York. it. 
they would celebrate it if it happened in California. Right. But because, of course, it's Eastern Kentucky, you know, people are... But it made national news. Like, uh, Matt Walsh led off with it mm. in his episode this week. Yeah. So... Yeah, I've seen it around. It's pretty... I mean, it's just disturbing that, like, that's how anyone who is, you know, a mayor and also a school administrator can think that's not a career-ending move. To right. Have a, a, it was like drag dancing or drag well, students dancing on the so administration. On the teachers. On the teachers. Yeah. So, well, yeah. in, I went to a Christian school, and we did powder puff football, where the girls went and, you know, the girls played flag football, and the mm. boys dressed up as cheerleaders. Like, that happened. Sure. Um did I don't you, have... like, dance on a teacher, though? <laughs> we never did that. And we didn't wear the stuff the whole day. We just wore it for the game. Right, and, and the whole event wasn't circulated around, like, <clears throat> you guys... Dancing and performing and, and dressing was... and dragging. Well, I mean, yeah. what I saw was, it like, their shirts had hooters. And they were wearing, like, hooters uniforms, like, really short shorts, yeah. crop tops, and their minors on adults. Well, that was after the boys did their spiel... Then the girls came out dressed tea? as hooters yeah, and girls. carrying beer. It looked like it looked like they beer. Were beer. Drinks. Is this still yeah. at the school we're talking yeah. about? Yeah, during a, like during a pep rally. Like these are minors. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it didn't say it was actually beer. It just looked like it. Well, in that's not what I'm worried about. Like, it's right. like the fact they're dressed in hooters. <laughs> yeah, I know. As minors, that's. I yeah. I, I, I just care if they were carrying beer. Yeah, that's here's the question that that I have. Why was there not, wasn't there one person that was like, this looks terrible. This is a horrible idea. Why are we, I don't even care if they, well, I mean, I do, but like, even if they don't question the morality of it, question the, this looks awful. Why is this happening? Oh yeah. Why wasn't there one person in that room that did that? You know, the, like the saying, it takes a village, right? Like it (laughs) takes a village to, to raise a human, I guess, or whatever it is to, to, to make a like good person. Well, I think it takes a whole village to just be that ignorant <laughs> to allow not only to allow like all right my young man student is going to be dressed in drag grinding on teachers and then my young female student is going to dress in a hooters outfit and serve them serve be- i don't maybe know maybe alcohol doesn't really matter yeah. <laughs> but my high school age daughter is going to dress in yeah. a hooters outfit yeah. How did no one? So, I don't know. How did that no one get fired for giving before up, that happened? Giving up to a debased mind comes yeah. to my mind. Well, yeah. legit. All that to say, two things: get your kids out of government school and hazard. Get it together. You're giving my home state a bad name. Like let's let's. Well, I mean, maybe they were all cousins. Names. I don't know. Hey, that that was a different story out of Corbin, but we can't tell it on this podcast. <laughs> I don't even know that. You, one. you do I, know. I, I told I told you that story Thursday. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, never mind. We can't. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, we can't. Anyway. We can't tell that one on this one. Okay, cool. Anyway. <laughs> we'll talk. We we'll just chop we'll up to Kentucky's a garbage state. Is it that is. Yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> Only thing good is that it has Chipotle and Indiana doesn't. So. At one time it had Brad, but now that we've got Brad, <laughs> we don't Completely need Kentucky garbage. at all. <laughs> just useless. No. By the way, if, if you're listening to this from Kentucky, we still love you. Your state is kind of... Well, you're, you're embarrassing me right Indiana. now. Right. You're embarrassing me. Yeah. Let's yeah, get it together. Move. It's fine. So... All right, guys, let's dive into our topic today. Um, I guess let's just start with Isaac. What are you, what are some of your what's some of the criteria you used when you're looking for a worship song to to dive into a, a new yeah. one, introduce it to our so it, yeah. This is a fun question because I don't like have a set of criteria, uh, quote unquote. I have um, I'm blessed to work with a good team of people. Um, so at our church, it's not just me leading worship every week. Um, and it's not me just setting the agenda every week. It's me and I have James and Atticus who partner with me. Um, Evan's kind of coming up and, and doing more with us too. So I don't have like a set of criteria that I give everybody and say, here's the kind of songs we want in our church. Um, basically the way it works is if you discover a song that you really want to introduce to our church as one of the leaders, you go ahead and do it. And if we, the other leaders don't pick it up, it never survives at our church. Um, so we kind of have like a self-built-in accountability doing that, which is really cool. Um, and the other part of that is I just trust Atticus and James and Evan to make so good what's choices. What's the what's one of the songs that maybe you all tried and just didn't take? Oh, that's a hard. Uh, yeah, I can't think of one off the top of my head that didn't take. I know I did. Um, when the sun was lifted up a couple weeks ago, and I really like that song. I'm probably still going to try to push it, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't think Atticus or James were as enthusiastic about it. Um, Atticus had a, a problem with one of the lines, though when we talked about it, he didn't like really have like a 
deep problem with it. It just kind of like stuck out to him. Wasn't a fan. Yeah. But I'm trying to think of one. Um, I know James tried when the rock, uh, rock won't move, which is a pretty popular worship song from, um, I think Jesus culture. I really don't know. Um, that one never really took off with us. I don't know why, but it just didn't really, didn't really sail. I'm not sure. I remember that one. Mm -hmm. But I I can't think of one like super recent that like we tried and just, and then just burned out. So, so you mentioned Jesus culture and that's a question I had that I wanted to bring up today. So when Steven was on the show with us while Austin was tending to baby number 76 and Carter, I don't know what happened to Carter that day. You didn't tell me that you were recording that day and I was at work. Oh, okay. There what you a go. jerk move. I know, I'm the worst. Um, so when Stephen was on, we talked about just Christian music as a whole. Mm-hmm. Didn't really talk a whole lot about worship necessarily. But we dove into a little bit on some of these churches, Elevation, Bethel, Jesus Culture, mm-hmm. where their theology is not good. <laughs> the Hillsong, all these kind of big names, their theology is pretty, pretty bad if you start digging into what they believe as a church and what they teach from the pulpit. So I guess the question to the group is, does the, a, a group's theology as a whole cancel out the entire catalog of their music? Or can you pick and choose different songs that aren't necessarily issues, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I think of Hillsong, an example for me. I think of Hillsong, I'm not a huge fan of their theology as a church as a whole, but, like, the song uh, Man of Sorrows mm-hmm. or Scandal of Grace. Both those songs, I think, are, are theologically sound. A lot of them are just singing scripture. Yeah. But also, they're okay with homosexuals open homosexuals on stage mm-hmm. leading worship on stage serving and that just isn't that doesn't fly right so is where's the line can you separate the art from the artist i mean well i think you definitely can uh, yeah i think i, I in preparation for this uh, amanda had sent me a video um kind of breaking down like the bethel hill song should we be singing their music in church and, and one thing he did say is like you can't necessarily tie even the artist who did that song to the church, because the church is such a powerful producer of music that it just might be an easy avenue for them to get their music out there. Um, so, and I know that they do kind of contract through musicians in the area. Right. Um, so that's one thing. But the other thing is, yeah, I think you can separate the art from the artist because you don't need to, like, I didn't even know the theology of elevation or, um, Hillsong or Bethel when I got into their music and I, I worship to them all the same. Uh, most people in our church probably don't know their, their theology. Yeah. Austin, I know you had some thoughts on this. At that point. <clears throat> yeah. I'm, I'm looking up a couple extra things. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of both for me. I think it's very beneficial to be able to know where these songs are coming from, what, what the, the basis, what their foundation is. But also, you have to look at it on a case-by-case basis. Um, because some of their songs are like, yeah, no. No, I don't want anything to do with it. Others are like, yeah, that's, that's actually pretty good. And and that that's I think that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, there's a section here. So, it's Mark 9, verse 38. And I'll read until I stop. It shouldn't be too long. Just going to read until you don't? Read until I don't. Cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, So John said to him, teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. Uh, Keep with me. (laughs) Uh, But Jesus said, do not stop him for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon after to speak evil of me. So um, this thought of, okay, we we have this church that is teaching undoctrinal things uh, like Bethel or uh, what else? Elevation Elevation. worship. Yeah. Yeah. Where we don't necessarily agree with their theology and their this music is coming out. Some of it we don't agree with, others we like, we, not a big deal. It's that thought of, okay, if, if they're teaching Jesus, true Jesus, you know, Jesus, the son of God, he came and died for us, he, he was resurrected, the, there is, that, there's still good there. You know, there, there's still beneficial things there. That's where I see we have to take it as a case-by-case basis. You, you listen to it, you're like, all right, I like this one, I think... It's beneficial. I'm going to use it. This one, not so much. I won't. I won't touch that. But there, there, there are still some beneficial things to that. It kind of leads into a few more things, but I won't get okay. quite as deep anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, each song definitely has to stand on its own. You can't just say, "Okay, I like Bethel," 
so we're going to do all Bethel songs, right. regardless of the theology of them. You know, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I also don't think you should cast out the cast out the uh, the works of the artist, I guess, because of the theology of the church. Right. Um, it kind of goes back to, like, it's almost like a cancel culture kind of thing. Like, if you want to look for a perfect artist to do a song, then you'll never sing any songs in church. Exactly. I, think, I think that's the best argument Yes, for yeah. being able to separate the art from the artist, because... My my dad and I have had this conversation on political stuff where, you know, he there's this litany of places he won't go and won't shop and won't spend money because of what the CEO has said or because of the different policies they put in place. And I think there's some room for some of that mm-hmm. where you just don't go to places that are, I mean, in just openly hostile towards what you believe and, and how you feel. But man, if I had to try to figure out what each place, I, every place I shop, mm-hmm. I wouldn't shop anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there's no well, Austin. I guess yeah. Uh, raising the saying is like I kind of do that. But, that's that's we, we that we do that. But but ours isn't so much you know that political side. It's okay. Starbucks for us number one. All right, where does some of their their money go f- towards? Right, like Planned Parenthood and abortion. I'm like I I'm not going to pay for that. My money is not going to go for that. Even though mm-hmm. my taxers are going to that, and of I'd course. love to quit paying those. Not. Because they're Texas, whatever. Yeah. But it's because my money's going to that. And if I, for me, if I can help control some of that, I will. But, I mean, I we I run into Walmart every once in a while because there is something I, I have to get. Mm-hmm. But if, if I don't have to go somewhere, I won't. Well, it's also like, it kind of goes as far as you want to take it, you know? Right. Because every company every, yeah, at some point treats someone horribly. Yeah. Um, it just kind of, unless it's like just local business, usually yeah. the local local businesses are usually fine. But yeah. I mean, everyone's using miners in, I don't know, Tunisia to do yeah. something. Yeah. Like everyone's doing it. So. Our biggest one is Planned Parenthood and abortions. Yeah. If we can, if we can try to cut that out, we will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Well, and like I said, it just, you know, you look at like the, even something as goofy as like the Avengers movies and you look at what some of the actors have said and some of the political stances they take and you're like, my dad's like, I can't watch those because he's like, then you can't watch anything. No it's one true. agrees with you constantly. It's true. And also everyone on in Hollywood, for the most part, is going to go. I only watch Jim Caviezel movies. It's fine. They're, no, no, no. Kevin Sorbo. Oh. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, I forgot. I don't know who these people are. I've Kevin never Sorbo. Heard any yeah. of these names? <laughs> Kevin Sorbo is the God's Not Dead Part Seventy Six. Oh, cool. guy. Jim yeah. Caviezel was Jesus in the Passion. Yeah, in Frequency. Gotcha. Actually, he was really good in, uh, in Invented- the Prestige. The pres- no, 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 that's Hugh Jackman and um, Christian Bale. That's what I. That's what I meant. I knew that. Anyway, so to <laughs> I guess to bring this back to worship, <laughs> <a little bit. laughs> all yeah. over the place. Welcome to our podcast. Yeah. This is what we do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you just can't. Uh, if you if you search for perfect perfect theology um, in every individual who writes music, you just won't. You won't be able to introduce new songs to your church. Right. It's it's gonna be and, and the other thing too that I I don't think people see this enough in Christian music. All art should reveal something new to you so and we can we can sing just the the words of scripture mike harlan has been a big influence in my worship career um and one thing he says is you know all the words of the psalms have been have been saved all the words of the psalms have been preserved throughout history what hasn't been preserved though is the melodies of those psalms right so you can reuse the words and rewrite the melody and and his point he makes is like god wants to recreate the way we worship with him with every generation um, that's why those melodies aren't saved because God mm-hmm. could have preserved the melodies. We even have in Psalms, it says, you know, to the tune of whatever such thing, but God didn't preserve those melodies. Right. God wants the artist of the next generation to sing a new song to him. And so art should, you know, most worship songs, not most, some worship songs are going to be like theologically questioned. You know, you're going to have like a line here or there where you're like, what are they trying to say there? And you kind of have to dig deeper and sometimes you're going to come up against Bethel where you're like, okay, they're, they're your universalist church. They think no matter what you believe, you'll get to heaven. Right. Um, it's not good theology. It probably shouldn't surprise us that a lot of our great worship songs come from a church that believes that. Um, because why would they ever have any kind of spiritual struggle with God? You know, why would they have anything not to sing about God? Right. But, well, and I, what it comes down to is uh, what, where I took this is discernment. As, as each individual Christian... It is your job to be discerning 
on these things to be able to listen to it and be discerning. And for me, more so with Christian music than most anything else, because Christian music, we have that mentality of, oh, it's clean. We can turn it on and not worry about it. But now I'm going to say this and then preface it, you know, Satan works in the details, Mm. especially here in America, the spiritual attacks we see as very subtle things. Whereas over in other countries, it's right in your face. You know, that is spiritual warfare down in Haiti, Uganda, these, these third world countries. But here in America, it's subtleties. And here, I'll, I'll just go through it. Let's do it. So, um, the, again, this was where my, my mind went for it. Uh, so, James chapter 3, verse 1. Uh, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will, in, will, ju- will be judged with greater strictness. I see worship leaders as their teachers. They're teaching people this music. They are, they're leading mm-hmm. these people in worship music. And especially these, these big, big name people like Elevation and Hillsong, they're reaching hundreds of thousands of people. They're going to be held to a higher standard because they're teaching these people these things. And some of it is doctrinal. A lot of Christians nowadays, I don't, I don't even remember what the statistic is, but a lot of Christians are getting their theology from Christian music. So that my mind went straight to James, as in they will incur a harsher judgment. And look at all the people that they're reaching. It's a lot. And so that also leads, so Proverbs 18, verse 20 through 21 from the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it eat its fruits. And I, I thought that was really interesting. Again, just being discerning. If we're listening to something just because we like it versus is it good theology? And then leading on to the, I guess we could say the, the the far the far side where so Matthew chapter seven verse fifteen beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves that's the side of you know the 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 preachers and the the worship leaders who they're not they're not believers they are completely sowing deceit and trying to get in front of people in God mm. so that's 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 far to that side. But then going to the other side, so with James, they will incur a greater judgment, but it is still our responsibility to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, Philippians 2.12. And then going into, so Timothy chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. So 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your, for your youth. But set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Verse 13, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by prophecy, when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching, persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And really, it was it was that last verse that that this this caught me on. For by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Again, leading into the the preaching, the teaching, and the the worship, leading worship. It, it's the it's the same same thing. You're teaching, and I think a lot of that has been lost on worship leaders mm. nowadays. They don't they don't realize that that they are teaching and that they are going to be incurring a harsher judgment. And I think for a lot of them, Hillsong stuff like that, they need they need to be either a told that or just reminded of that. Well, I think that leads to one of the problems I've seen, and even taking one of one of the classes I'm in in school talking about how Christians today have lost their the intellectual side of their faith. Mm. And it's all emotional. And I think some of our modern worship music has played a little bit of a role in that, where they're seeking a, an emotional response. They're not seeking an intellectual... Not that we need to be 
preaching sermons in our songs necessarily, right? Like that, not that we need to be going into this deep theology with each of our songs, but you're trying to elicit an emotional response and not, and not focus on God and well, who he yeah. is and, and who we are compared to him. Relying on emotion versus the actual spirit, the, the, the spirit of God. Right. Yeah. So there's, um, kind of want to make a distinction here between an artist and a worship leader. Yes. Um, I guess, how do you, how would you split those two? Yeah. How do you make that distinction? Like, cause our, you know, I know Elevation, they, they kind of do make their, they are a church, so they make their music to be played in church. Right. That makes sense. Um, but then there's artists like Chris Renzema, Phil Wickham. They're a little more independent. They're artists. They're yeah. not necessarily writing their music to well, be yeah. sung in church. Christian music versus worship music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And music for entertainment as opposed <laughs> to music for... But actual, is it appropriate yeah. for, you know, Phil Wickham to be singing kind of his personal experience, just exploring the aspects of God and not necessarily cross-referencing it with scripture all the time, um, just singing his heart? And then that may not need to work its way into our church right because me as a worship minister need to see okay i don't know what phil wickham's experience has been but that's not going to be helpful to our church theology right um but but i think phil wickham should have the freedom to do that that's still worship to be um just singing about that well and it's that difference between okay like you're saying bring it into our church and it's like it really doesn't work for us Mm -hmm. versus him singing it he's worshiping he's worshiping his god our god yeah and for me, it goes back to that that Hebrew word avoda, work, worship, and service. Everything you do in life, it is to worship God. And through your work, you, either your day-to-day work or whatever you're doing, you're worshiping. Through your serving, you're serving God by worshiping. And it's <clears throat> it's all that, that mindset. Yeah. And for Phil Wickham, he's worshiping God. But us singing that song pro- probably does not have the same effect right. yeah. whatsoever. Well, I always try to use this analogy to kind of put it in reference. Like, Phil Wickham, anyone, is going to know God a different way, just like I know Austin different than Carter knows Austin. Um, everyone will know God in a different way. Now, we have the scriptures to tell us when we're way off base or if, you know, to, to give us like some concrete examples of who God is. Um, kind of like we can't disagree on whether Austin has a beard or not. It's fantastic. It's all right there in front of our face. So even though we all know Austin differently, there are some things that are concrete about Austin. And there are some things that are concrete about God that we can't disagree on. But there are an artist, a, a worshiper, someone who's writing music about God is going to use different language sometimes that maybe will stick out to us. It's like, I don't, I don't know what he's getting at there. Like, I don't know what he's trying to say. And as a worship minister, like you brought up the teaching aspect, you know, a teacher has to kind of curtail their curriculum, yeah. has to has to see, okay, I don't. <clears throat> Everyone this has could a different teaching hurt style. Hurt someone's theology, you know. This mm-hmm. line, I don't know what Phil Wickham's experience has been, and I just keep saying Phil Wickham because <laughs> he's an excellent artist um, that's very popular. But like, I don't know what his experience has been, but maybe that's not appropriate for our church, or it could actually hurt someone's theology. Um, to see that. Well, and my thought is uh, <clears throat> a a rock of, or a stone of stumbling, mm. you know, is is what we are teaching, is what I'm singing going to be a, a stumbling stone for a younger believer? Like, and, and for us uh, with children, you know, we have children in the house. That's been one of our things of, you know, our, our oldest daughter will come to us on <clears throat> on a lot of this Christian music she's listening to. Yeah. Because, I mean, that was our first thought. You know, Christian music, it's clean. We'll turn it on. <laughs> we f- flip it to the back uh, speakers of the car so that they're listening to yeah. it. And we can talk. But then later during the day, our our, ki- our daughter will bring up something <clears throat> that was in a song. And Emily and I will look at each other like, wait, that's not correct theology. And so we're like, wait, what song was that? And so we'll go back, we'll listen to the song, and we'll have to explain. Well, mm-hmm. actually, that's that's actually not correct, and we'll we'll explain it a different way. And she's like, oh, well, okay, but she still yeah. sings the song, and and I we're okay with that. But it's that for for me, it so if Ephesians chapter four verse twenty seven, and give no opportunity to the devil. Um, with a lot of these uh, Christian artists writing these songs, that's my first thought. Of okay, they're not writing these songs think, thinking, oh, okay, I'm gonna throw in this rock of stumbling. I'm I'm gonna get somebody on this. Mm. It's just they're writing a song. They're and I, if you've ever written songs, I'm sure you have. 
as I've written a few, you're writing these songs and you think of a word and you're like, oh, that flows really well with this and I mm-hmm. like it, so I'm going to put it here. And then not really thinking so much on exactly what that word means right. and the definition. And that is kind of something Christian artists, I think, need to do. They need to be very critical on what they're doing, not well, necessarily us being critical of what they're doing. We're discerning, but they have to be critical. It's it's almost like the each Christian artist should should have like kind of like a how Paul writes his letters where he says like these are my words, yeah, and yeah, these are yeah. God's words, exactly, you know? yeah. But then I think that that could be a whole problem itself in and of itself because each artist would be like too intimidated to say, you know, <laughs> it's true. I mean, let's say like just wrote Psalm forty six like Shane and Shane does, like, <laughs> they would be like, yeah, these are my words. Don't sing this in church. <laughs> well, and I think I, I like what you said. It's that distinction between artistry and worship, mm-hmm. right? So your your artists that are not writing for the church, they're writing. I mean, I, I, I mean, in any band you can take any band, like like yeah. even a, I don't know, even a Switchfoot. We're not going to sing their songs in church necessarily, but they have some songs in there that have that are very God-centered and very worship-minded. Yeah, but that's not a song we sing in church because that's not what the purpose of that song is. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think you're right. I think it's it's very important to have that distinction because I'm not getting my theology from Switchfoot. I'm not getting my theology from from any of these bands that aren't. Yeah. Well, no. Ultimately, I'm trying not to get my theology from worship songs in right. general. And, right. And you shouldn't. But right. It's kind of. But you need like, to. The history of worship music has been, we started with hymns, and hymns were just scripture being sung, because so many people were illiterate that singing scripture was a good way to memorize these things. Exactly. So, we start with that, and so, like, music in church has been a theology-shaping kind of engine, Yeah. and now we've we've shifted so much because everyone's literate, everyone has so much access to the Bible anymore, that artists are writing the songs, and they're not necessarily thinking of how this shapes your theology. Right. They're thinking of a their picture of God and how to kind of get that picture across. Or if you want to go more nefarious, they're thinking, will this one sell? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean honestly, I, I'm sure like, that is, is, is this one too. is this one gonna be friendly the to the ears? One, yeah. yeah. Is it gonna hit the charts? Right. Well in in uh, thinking back on that, you know, collecting doctrine from songs, um, definitely as as you're a new believer, I think it's great because you're listening to this stuff and going back to if we can actually get correct theology in, in songs, it's great because it's great to remember. And you're singing this and you know it. But as you get stronger in your faith, as you are pouring in scripture, you need to be discerning to be able to now listen to these songs that, I, I mean, just we grew up with. Even some Stephen Curtis Chapman songs. Dude, yeah. I rocked out to that stuff. <laughs> but now I go back, I'm like, you know, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're great songs. I like them still, but some of them are kind of, eh, they're fine. Mm-hmm. And but but we need to be able to do that. As we get stronger in our faith to be able to, to be discerning towards these things and and actually listen to the lyrics. Because I remember growing up, it was that, oh, I'm not real really listening to the lyrics. I'm I just like the beat. Okay. Or I like the tone. It's <laughs> so like that, well, yeah. yeah, we don't have that excuse. No, we don't. And yeah. well, we don't have an excuse, period. Look just look at what music does for the culture as a whole. Mm. And you listen to these the modern day rap and modern day hip hop and just how grotesque and disgusting those lyrics are. And you hear people still say, well, I don't like the message. I just like the beat. Okay. Sing it. And they can sing every, every single, word. single word, whether yep. you realize it or not. I mean, I go back and I listen to a song that I haven't heard in 10 years and I can still sing it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. If I haven't heard a song in forever, I can still, I can still sing it. <laughs> Quick side note is great. We're in the car. Blink 182 comes on. Emily's right back. Right. <laughs> it's great. Because, Sorry, Emily. Because I love you. music is it 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 gets in it gets inside of us, yeah. right? Like it, and it just stays there. Like yep. it doesn't it doesn't go. It, it's similar to uh, well, similar to the pornography. I mean, you it sticks with you. When even as a kid, you can rem- probably remember the first image you saw. Mm-hmm. It's it, such a bad thing. It's not a good thing, but not I'm saying like thing. things stick with us. And music is one of those things. And so, what are you? What are you listening to? Yeah. You might say, "I just like the beat." Okay, that's fine. I might like the beat too. But what's the song saying? Oh, what well, says this, this, and this? Okay, you know the song. Like you're listening to the song. Yep. And then you tell them, "Okay, then just listen to just the beat, like instrumentally." Like, no, because then it sounds better with words. It's like, okay, <laughs> then you like the words. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So just it, it is. It's a, so. I want to go back, and we talked about the back. Like maybe 15 minutes ago, we were talking about separating the art from the artist. 
Because I want to play devil's advocate just a little bit here. Okay. All right. Uh-oh. Everyone's um, favorite person. Do I? <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone's favorite. Right. So I, I kind of agree with both of you in that you can take a song, like I said, like I mentioned, Scandal of Grace. I mentioned Man of Sorrows from Hillsong. Like 20 minutes ago. And you can sing those songs with confidence because they are basically singing scripture. And, and all the concepts that are in those songs are taken directly out of the gospel. I'm good with that. But, here we go. We have posts like this from Stephen Furtick, where he says, Following Jesus doesn't change you into something else. It reveals who you've been all along. What would it be like to see you, to see the you that God sees? Whoa. That is terrible. I don't want to see what God sees. Now, first of all, he has deleted that post because he got a lot of backlash from it, and rightfully so. For example, one of this says, fact, one of the responses, fact check. Truly following Jesus turns you into nothing less than a new creation. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. Yeah. Thank so, you, God. <laughs> but but he has other things that, that right. go along with this. And, yeah. and it, so it leads me to believe this is what he believes. Right, yeah. I mean, we, we he's on the record saying that Jesus sinned. Jesus wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. not in vogue to say you have to change who you are. Right. You know, like that's that's a whole... Like, just our whole culture hates when someone says, no, you have to be a different person. Um, but that is part of Christianity. Is yeah. You can't From the moment me. you come to Christ, you what you, you all just went over this in Romans, you are baptized into his burial, you die to yourself, and you're reborn a new creation. So, it's amazing that, you know, Stephen Furtick's been very influential in modern worship, and right. he... He says, yeah, you're not supposed to change. Christ doesn't change you. Mm. He he make, he, he who reveals you who you really are. Right. That's a that's like a new age kind of like this. He's thing. trying to be real popular. He's trying to say that's so what people want to hear. That yeah, is exactly yeah. what people want to hear. There's a reason why his church is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he, you know, he preaches things like that. Yeah. So I'd love to see like the. It, it would take way too much time for me to do this, but like to see his kind of like theological arc. I guess. Yeah. Like if he started that way, or if like when he realized. They're, they're, this is where the money is. And yeah, religion <laughs> is, is actually really enriching. You know, like, I can get rich off this. I'm getting very popular. Did that kind of shape his... Hmm. So, I say that to downfall. say this. We talked about this when Stephen was on the episode. His wife drew a tattoo based on the song Graves into Gardens by Elevation, hmm. to which I now have on my arm. So, like, I don't necessarily hate all of Elevation's music. However, yeah. you look at Something like this, and and let's look at all the elevation songs that are really popular right now. Whose name is in the? Whose name is given credit for writing it? Furtick is in there nine times out of ten. Yeah, he has a hand in writing almost every single song that comes out of that that church. So is it tainted? So when you see a, a, a post like that, and you then dig into a little bit more of what he believes, and you hear things like Jesus, he wasn't perfect, he sinned, mm. and you hear things like you don't have to change to be. You know, for God to love you, and and on some level, there's some truth to that. He, but because of his work in you, you change. That's a natural process. What do we do with elevation? And and I and I don't know the answer. And so that's what I'm saying. I'm playing devil's advocate. I don't really have a firm grasp on this. But Furtick specifically has a hand in almost every single song that is written and coming out of that church. And his theology is one of the more dangerous ones, I think, out of the group that we've mentioned. What do we do with that as, as as worship leaders and as well? I'm not a worship leader, but as a worship leader and or yeah. as congregants at a church. Yeah, well, I think as a worship leader, you definitely have. It goes back to Austin saying like you're kind of a teacher in a way. Like you have to be careful about what theology you're you're going to introduce through music because, like, if Stephen saying that from the pulpit or posting it gets him caught. Saying that in a song may not get caught, right? Right. Because a song's a good way to disguise something like <laughs> Absolutely. that. Absolutely. <laughs> People get caught up in the music, and they don't necessarily pay attention to what it's doing well, with their theology. And like right. I mentioned about emotion, music elicits emotion, just period. Yeah. That, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Music elicits emotion. You look at playing a certain chord, elicits a different response than mm-hmm. the other chord that you're playing. Like, it, it's just the way it is. And I think that's, that's a good thing. It's what makes music music and so profound. So, yes, you can absolutely disguise these ideas into a good beat and mm-hmm. into a good guitar riff because it sounds good. Yeah. So, yeah, being discerning. So, I don't know. I, the more I've dug into this this week and just even 
even in the last couple of months talking to Steven and just talking in general to people about this, the, the more I start to lean, like maybe some of these churches you have to just kind of get rid of within, within your worship set. Now, I don't like making a blanket statement like yeah. that, but maybe I start to lean that way. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a good. So you started off the episode by asking like what the criteria for, for discovering <laughs> songs is. And like, I, I don't have a, a criteria for what a good song is, but I think it's probably more important for worship leaders to figure out, what their criteria is for a bad song. Like what kind of theology do you need to watch out for um, coming into your church? And in doing some research for this, um, I found like two kind of theologies in, in worship music these days that are kind of, well, that, that have been more prevalent that are, that are damaging us. And the, the first one I, I found this like term was coined um, the Jesus is my girlfriend songs. Yep. So that's, like when you can't distinguish whether the artist is singing about God or his girlfriend, outside of a few spiritual words in there, that's that's been damaging. And this is like where the Stephen verdict kind of comes into because he's not necessarily – he might have some scripture to back up some of what he says, but sometimes he's just saying spiritual things. And we might live in a mostly atheistic society, but we also live in – I think a very religious, like regardless, like people are still religious, whether they believe, whether they believe they believe in God or not. So that's what we've got to watch out for as worship ministers is, are you just singing spiritual things? Are you just introducing a spiritual song or is this really worshiping the God of the New Testament, the Old Testament, the God who has, has walked on water and who died for your sins and, and who wants to transform you? You know, are you, which... What are you worshiping? What are right. you introducing to your congregation? What was what was the second category? Oh, okay. So the, sec- the second is, um, and I think this has more to do with the kind of the spiritual nature is is me theology. We love songs about I ourselves. Get, I wanted to get into that, right? Yeah. And this is gonna this is gonna be more in the Thursday podcast. But we love songs about ourselves. We love songs that point to the way that God what God thinks of us, and sometimes that's appropriate. I mean, obviously, God wrote us a whole book you know on several different continents in several different languages he spent thousands of years writing this book to tell us what he thinks of us of course but that's not always worship it's not always worship to say ah look how much i'm worthy of love that's not it's not worship so we've got to be careful of how much we're taking our worship of god you know our we should be focusing on god putting god on the throne and how much we're doing to put ourselves in the center of that. What's well, that that mentality of? Uh, I mean, a lot of the Christian radio stations, like Way FM and stuff like that, it's all about uplifting. Right. This is uplifting. They don't even like, say well, anything about God. Uplifting for who? <laughs> uplifting for you or uplifting to God? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and that's it. It's it's feel good. It yeah. makes me feel good about myself because you're singing about yourself, about God, at God. If that yeah, makes sense, you're yeah. like throwing it at him. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, and yeah. again, it's that distinction of artistry versus worship, and and I think it's okay for an artist who is not claiming this is a strictly worship song meant to worship God to have those songs that are uh, uh, introspective, where they're looking at themselves and they're saying, "Hey, this is what God has done for me in my life." That's cool because they're not. The purpose of that song is not to just worship. It's to, it's art. Mm-hmm, it, it's yeah. to get their personal struggles and their personal feelings and, and onto paper. And that's right. how, that's their outlet. That's what they do. And they're talented at it. They're good at it. So they make money at it, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. But when it becomes a, this is a worship song, but it's about me. Right. Yeah. It becomes an issue. And I, I guess there's kind of, it's kind of a muddy issue, right? Like there's a, it's not fully black and white, I don't think. So even broader than like worship, there's a there's like something that's been on my mind about churches in general, and, and Stephen Furtick's kind of statement has to do with this. Like I keep saying, if either your theology is going to shape your lifestyle, or the way you live will shape your theology, and we you can't have both, right? Like you either either the Bible and the convictions from God's Word and and God's Spirit will shape the way you live and transform you. Or you live your way and God's a reflection of that. Like, which one are you? Are you worshiping God and his transforming of you? Or are you worshiping yourself and the fact that God loves you anyway? You know, that's, 
that's the danger in kind of this this spiritual worship music that isn't emotionally reflective of God in any way. That it doesn't it, go after, doesn't try to reveal any of God's actual characteristics. It's just how good God makes you feel. Yeah. It's what's led to this deconstruction mm-hmm. that we've seen from Christian artists, from pastors, from authors. This deconstruction of like, okay, I want to live this way. The Bible, mm-hmm. the way I've been taught it, says I can't live this way. <laughs> well, let's just get rid of that. Right. And the, yeah. the idea is, well, a good God would let me live this way right. and would love me and would sacrifice for me anyway. And, I mean, That's in all accounts, free will, yeah, right? sure, God did, but you still are a broken creation and need to be need to allow yourself to be transformed. Yeah. You still have to be transformed. Well, we talked about this in Romans 7, wretched man am I. Uh-huh. Yeah. Paul very, very uh, explicitly saying, I am terrible. Well, and in <laughs> Jeremiah, wicked are our hearts. Yeah. Wicked. We have wicked hearts. Well, the entire, really the entire Bible is about how tainted we are, how yeah. terrible we are, but but God. But God. Well, right? yeah. and it's that yeah. mindset of, oh, well, sing from your heart. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want God to see my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that toxic stuff coming out. Right. And yeah. this is where I think God kind of comes up against Israel a few times throughout the Old Testament and says, would you all just shut the temple doors Yeah. Already? Yeah. Like, would you stop burning useless incense? Would you stop trying? Like, I don't want to hear I don't want your to smell worship. That. Yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah. He describes uh, the image that God describes worship as is a pleasing aroma to me. Yes. And then when that aroma turns foul, God wants you to shut the temple doors. And Golly. the reason, yeah, Atticus played a clip for me from Francis Chan, and he he's at a conference and he comes out on the stage after the band just plays this awesome worship set, and everybody's cheering, and he's like. Hey, are you all having a good time? Yeah, we're having a great time. He's like, all right, is God having a good time? I was like, I don't know. And he's like, well, of course he is, right? Like you all think, you know, why wouldn't God enjoy thousands of people worshiping him? And then he reads one of these scriptures mm. of God saying, your worship is a clanging gong. Your worship is just noise. Wow. Right. And he's like, so again, is God having a good time? Because all of this worship is about God. Mm-hmm. It's not about you about god for god to god right yeah and you can worship god by saying look at what god has done for me that's i mean that's good worship Mm -hmm. right but if that is all your worship if all your worship is me 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 you know god loves me regardless of all the stupid stuff i do that's not great theology Mm -hmm. because yeah you're gonna do stupid stuff and god does love you despite the stupid stuff you do yeah but god wants to transform you into a heavenly creature right well i I did uh it's interesting because the, in the next episode, when we talk about songs that are good, songs that are questionable, songs that aren't good, the one I that is good is actually kind of a quote unquote me centered song. Mm-hmm. I read the lyrics to you guys on Thursday, yep. but it's a me centered song in a subtle like I am kind of terrible. Yeah, Christ is the only reason why I'm not, and and we'll get into that of course when we get to that episode. But there is, like you said, there is room for look what God has done in my life. But again, it has to be that he transformed me. I'm worshiping him because he transformed me because I could not have done that on my own. Yeah. As opposed to, like you said, I can kind of do what I want, but he still loves me despite that. Yeah. 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 For for me, <clears throat> to have this mentality, again, discerning as Christians, um, looking at Satan. Satan was the most beautiful in heaven. In um, Ezekiel chapter 28, it references, uh, that's where most... Um, uh, theologians go for that mentality of Satan was a part of some sort of music in heaven. Mm-hmm. Some say he was like the choir master. Some say he was just in charge. There's no real evidence that points to that, but there is evidence that points that he had something to do with music. Um, thinking of it that way, and then looking at how Satan contorts scripture to Jesus. So, that mentality of, okay, Satan knows scripture. He probably knows it a million times better than any of us do and probably will ever know. He He's the enemy. This is the battle plan. Of course, he's going to look at every inch of it. And then music. It would be very... How to say that without sounding awful, but... <laughs> just discerning. Um, writing music, writing Christian music. To think that you or just your music is above Satan contorting it and using it. That, it leads me back to leave no opportunity for the devil. Mm. 
to to write these songs and to have these lyrics that we're talking about, you're giving an opportunity to the devil. And you are leaving the door open for him to contort and use it how he wants and being that stone of offense, that stumbling block. And that's where we need to be so conscious and Conch, conscious, conscious, conscientious. <laughs> Thanks. Um, to be discerning, but we need to be vigilant. We need to be sober-minded. That's the whole point of why Scripture is saying this. Because, again, especially in America, God, Satan is going to be working in the details, and we need to be paying attention to those details so that we can thwart the enemy because he's going to be using these tactics. And as sons and daughters of God, we need to be very aware of that. So that that's my my mentality when I'm listening to these this Christian music. Again, my flesh side being critical, and I'm like, Lord, please don't let me be critical because I don't I don't want to be yeah. critical of this of this music. You don't want to be nitpicky either, exactly. Right? But yeah. I want to be discerning. I want to be able to look at this music and be like, All right, I I see I see what they're trying to do. I see what they're trying the message they're trying to get across. And ninety nine point nine nine percent, it's it's a good. It is good. But there's that undertone that I'm sure they're not even thinking about. They're just they're writing this music and it sounds good, mm-hmm. and or that other side of oh, this is going to sell. But even completely taking all that off the plate, it's they are trying to write a song pleasing to God, and I, I think it'd just be cool if these people could have these people that they, um, oh, what's the word? You know, they have counselors. Their, their counselors are able to come behind them and say, hey, you need to be thinking of this. You need to make sure that the the lyrics you're writing, the words that you're using are correct. And, and that's just my whole mentality with all this yeah. stuff. You should probably go for like an, go through like an editing process. Maybe yeah. Kind of, which I'm sure they do, but it doesn't but seem if you like have there's enough church, of a check on. Right. Well, like Elevation Worship, if you have a whole church, they're the people that are writing it and the pastors are teaching not correct theology, then it is kind of hard to sift through that. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, while you were talking, I was thinking of just like Satan deceiving Eve in the garden and how mm. he said, you know, would a, would God did really, God did God did really say, say that? that? Did, yeah. You know, would, would God really want you not to have knowledge of good and evil? Would God, and then, and then I'm thinking of Stephen Furtick's mm. phrase, you know, would, would God really want to change you? Aren't you a good person? Like, you sure God wants to change? So we should be really, very, very careful of anything coming out of elevation that, oh no, um, anything coming out of elevation that says anything to that extent, that says, like, you're a good person as you are, because you're not. But yeah, so David Carter's song, Come As You Are, is not, like, he's not theologically wrong because he's saying, come as you are to be transformed. Right. But there are these songs out there that say, come as you are, and, and you don't need to change a thing about, about yourself, yeah. right? Like, you're just good to go. But that should be the message is, come as you are, because you you can't come any other way. You can't right, fix yourself right. and then come. Right. But come as you are so you can be transformed by the Father. We, we talked about Thursday while we were having dinner, we talked a little bit about Casting Crowns, and they have the one song, I can't remember exactly which song it was but the line is god's got to change your heart before he changes your shirt so it's that idea that that crowder's even bringing it's like we don't need to be cha- we don't need to be preaching you have to change right now and then come to jesus yeah it's yeah you come to jesus the way you are and he's going to transform you just out of that's what he does right. <laughs> that's what the holy spirit does and that's what a saving relationship with christ looks like is i am not the same as i was even yesterday or the right. day before yeah and there so, yeah, has to it, be that change. there has to be that change. And, and it, I think of a song, and this was an honorable mention in the songs I picked of Who You Say I Am. Yeah. Is that Bethel, I think, that does that one? Hillsong. Hillsong. Is it Hillsong? Okay. I, I, I am, am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. I mean, yes, <laughs> mm. but it's just that song is, is like you said, kind of me-centered and it's a little problematic on that level. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that song is about uh, finding your identity in Christ. Right. Um, which I think is, like, that's not bad theology as long as you keep it keep that as a theology like you find your identity in christ i'm going to be redefined by christ right well and it's yeah i am who you say i am if you're going based on that you have been turned into a new creation as in god is speaking to you saying you are my son or you are my daughter you have been transformed therefore yes 
now I am who you say I am. Either otherwise, mm-hmm. if you're not saved, now wicked wretched man that you are, yeah. then oh yeah, yeah, you are what God says you are. You're vile and just awful. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, so I don't know if we necessarily have a firm answer on some of this, especially when it comes to like should you be singing songs from Elevation Hillsong Bethel? Maverick mm-hmm. City, all that. Maverick City, no, you shouldn't. But that's a different. <laughs> oh, wow. That's more. That's more just st- style than theology for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, it comes down to. I say that tongue in cheek. You course. have to be discerning yeah. as Christians. You have to be discerning on what you're listening to, what you're reading, what you're you're looking at. I mean that that is the way we have to live. It is very important, and I think I've said this on this show before, where I have a little bit of a double standard with like between. The movies I, I'm okay with watching and the stuff in those movies as a versus music. Language in a movie doesn't bother me a whole lot. I hear language constantly because of where I work and the thing and being in the world. You hear this stuff and so music or language in a movie doesn't bother me. Maybe it should. That's a different conversation, right? And I'm okay with working through that on my own. <laughs> or having conversations not on this. But <laughs> yeah. um anyway. but music, language and music drives me insane. I don't like it. It ru- it'll ruin a song. And it's, I think it's because music is such, it just ingrains itself in you and it just sticks with you for basically your life. Again, songs I haven't heard in 15 years. He's mentioned Blink-182. Emily's right back there. She doesn't listen to Blink-182 now, I'm sure. But when it pops up for whatever reason, you can hear it. Yep. Or, and you know it and you remember it. And it's the same way. And, and so that's why I think this conversation is so important because music sticks with you more so than other things. And and I think it's something that is universal music. I mean, everyone everyone listens to music on some level. I think if you don't, everyone's like, "Well, you're weird." What's one of the first questions you talk about when you're on a first date with somebody? Oh, okay, what kind of music you like? It's so important. Yeah. So it's very important, especially when you're coming at it from a worship angle, not just an artistry angle, but a worship angle to say, "What am I listening to? Mm. And what am I learning from this?" Also. Is he worthy? Is a terrible song. All right, guys, wow, that is a great wow. way, way to end that. this episode. I'm kidding. Okay. I had to throw one in We're there just to just that. to throw a what grenade did... in. I don't know. We'll talk about it Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. On, on Thursday's podcast, which is definitely recorded on Thursdays, because we mm-hmm. would never lie to anyone about. That. No, we've been pretty open about when yeah. we record. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> people know this is Saturday morning, and we're recording both shows. We're, we do both. Gotcha. Give, it, give it five minutes. I was so. fooled because when you told me, I was like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> you mean you don't?" I felt lied to. I felt betrayed. It's Did live. Yeah, it's live. <laughs> no editing at all. None. Oh, so man. we can see elevations numbers falling as we're recording. This. <laughs> <laughs> so just again. Be thinking about that. Be conscious of it when you're listening to music on your own. You know, don't go complain to your worship leader about songs <laughs> ever. Like, ever. Don't go don't do that. I I understand. Like we don't care. <laughs> I understand. There's this idea of like, oh, I don't like this song, and you shouldn't play it. I give Isaac a hard time about a couple songs just yeah, a because couple. I, unless your worship leader is singing songs like "Jesus is not the Son of God," right, right, right. Unless there's something major well, happening, I got one or two like that. We're not saying, yeah, we're not. We don't condone going and attacking your worship leader or the song, but I just want it to be a in your mind of like, hey. Are these songs something that I need to be listening to just to worship, right? Mm-hmm. And just, you know. And, okay, if you have a theological problem with a song, you probably should talk to your worship leader about that. I think yes. that's that's worth doing. Do not go at it like, I'm right, you're wrong. You're you? never going to get anything done that way. Right, no. Uh, because you just... I don't know if if you've ever worked with musicians, and I, I'm, I consider myself a pseudo-musician. I can play bass a little bit. So pseudo, I don't have the musician mindset. I don't think like musicians are uh, and vocalists specifically are, are stubborn people. Wow. No. Ouch! <laughs> I mean, it's well, true. I consider myself a pseudo vocalist, so <laughs> there not you go. Offended. <laughs> so anyway, just be be aware of what you. I hope I hope this was a helpful conversation. Be aware of what you're listening to, and and uh, be aware of the theology behind it. And I don't know. It's a good thing to think about. Should. I don't. Again, I don't have an answer. Should we should just we let, delete elevation as a whole because of stuff that he says? Yeah. Should we delete Bethel as a whole because of their grave soaking? I don't. I don't know the answer to that. Should we continue to let these you know pillars of churches lead the theology of our worship? Is, right. is a pretty 
big question for big the question. future worship. And I don't know, again, I don't know if we have a solid answer for that, especially in these 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> we all have our opinions. Something to think about. Yeah. Something, something to kind of chew on. And, and uh, hopefully, again, it just makes you more aware of the worship you're listening to and, and the things maybe in your car that you're allowing yourself to worship to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Just a thought. So Prayer. Prayer. Discernment. Yeah. So, all right, guys, uh, that is it for episode 35, 35, and uh, we will see you guys on Thursday as we just kind of get into some specific songs that we like or dislike and maybe, and why, not just, I'll, I'll make, we'll make some jokes, I'm sure, during that next episode and just kind of give each other some grief, but not simply, I don't like the song because I don't like the melody. Right. Think, you know, we'll talk about songs we don't like because of the words, so... Uh, that's where we're going, and we'll see you guys on Thursday. In the meantime, stay, stay rooted. rooted. Carter, what what happened? I don't like saying stuff at the same time. You let me down. I did. You did. San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> see you next week. Nope. See you Thursday. Thank you for listening to our show. If you enjoyed what you heard, like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. You can find us on Apple, Google, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, at Rooted in Logos Pod, or even on our website, www.rootedinlogospod.com. And if you want to support us financially, visit us at patreon.com slash rootedinlogospod.